This is episode 133 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gilner. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my extraordinary women friends. I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Leah Remillay. Leah built a successful six-figure business only to discover it wasn't her sole work. As she started to do her own soul work, as she started to tune in and listen to what was meant to be flowing from her, she did something that some of us might call crazy. She and her husband packed up everything they owned and took their three kids to travel the world for a year. Think Eat, Pray, Love meets PTA mom slash business owner. Today, I invite you to tune in and find out if she found the answers she was looking for. This is such a fun story. Let's meet Leah Remule. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Leah. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to hear your stories. I've seen bits of your stories, and I'm really excited to go a bit deeper. So let's just dive in. I know you were a successful business strategist for photographers, and you had clients all around the world, but something wasn't feeling right for you. So tell us this story. Absolutely. So my, I have been an entrepreneur through and through my whole life. I mean, even as a kid, I was like, I wanted that, that freedom and that just ability to be able to, to feel like I was, I I had some power and some control. Um, And so I've, I've always been a business owner and, and, and an entrepreneur and gotten to just thrive when I, when I get to have those experiences. And after having kids and I, you know, I'd walked completely away from working and I was just craving it so bad. So one day I, um, I saw a blog post. This is back when blogging was brand new still. I mean, it was really like a new thing. And I, I was doing a blog cause we lived far from family and, you know, following a few other blogs. And I saw this blog post of this lifestyle photography and I was absolutely just captivated. And I looked at it and I was, I was like, you know what? I think I could do that. So I went to my husband and I uh, told him that I wanted to sell his laptop so that I could buy a camera and I was going to become a professional photographer. Mind you, I had <laughs> never picked up a camera in my life. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Like there was zero reason for me to think that I should be able to do this, but something in me was like, I can do this. So my husband is incredible. And he said yes, which meant he was um, in graduate school. And it meant that he had to start going to the library for all of his stuff because he no longer had a laptop. But he did oh my it. Gosh. And, I, and I told him, I said, I promise you, I will be able to buy your laptop back. And that was the goal. Like, truly, that was the first goal. Um, and so I, I got this camera. I mean, I think I had to Google how to turn it on to begin with. Um, I bought this, this used camera, started learning how to use it, started building my photography business. And the very short story of that is that within 18 months I had hit six figures and I'm looking at this and I'm going, I'm not even that good. Like if I can do this, just imagine what these photographers who are truly talented could do. And it was just because I understood business. So I, I built this course and, um, and it was incredible. And I got to teach photographers all over the world and, and speak and share and, and all of that. Um, 
And I did it for years and years and years. But the honest truth is that business is what I love. And photography was just the vehicle that I used because it made sense from the standpoint of, I want to be able to be home with my kids most of the time, but I want to earn some money, but I need it to be, you know, kind of during weekends and nights and how can I do this? And, and I saw photography as the vehicle to make that happen. So yeah, after- it was, it's what, that's what grabbed you was, is it was the opportunity to be able to make money doing this. It wasn't the fact that you loved photography. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that was wonderful and exciting for, and it was such a blessing for so many years, but as time kept going, I was getting further and further from the photography industry. I was still in the industry because I was being, you know, asked to speak at conferences and these different events. And maybe I would, um, lead a a shootout, meaning a bunch of photographers and I would, I would shoot with them and, and, you know, show some tips and tricks or whatever. But other than that, I wasn't doing any photography. And so it felt, it didn't feel authentic anymore because I didn't really feel that I was in, in that world. I kind of had one foot in. And so that was when I really started feeling this pull, like it's, it's time to do something different, which was so scary because I mean, it was an incredible income. It was providing for our family and it had been for years. So, you know, that's terrifying to think about like walking away. And what was the, I mean, when you were starting to think about walking away, what, what, what went through your mind? What went through your, your body? You know, tell us more about that. Um, a whole lot of holy crap. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just this absolute feeling of, oh my gosh, how, like, does this make me an idiot? Does this make me ungrateful? Like, how can you walk away from this kind of money? Um, what if you can't do it again? What if I'm not going to be able to duplicate it? What if I don't get another great idea? Maybe, maybe I'm tapped. Maybe that was my, my moment, right? So there was, of course, all of this fear. Um, but then there was also this side of me that was faith that was, no, you've done this once, you can do it again. And I've always believed that. Even in my, in my consulting work, I feel like once you have done it once, there is your validation. There is your proof. And now it's just figuring out how to duplicate that. So I had to, you know, do I really believe this? Do I really trust that, that this is possible? And how am I going to figure out what that next thing is. And because so did you that, know at all? I mean, did you have any clues? Did you have any ideas at that point? No, my only inclination was I thought, okay, I'm just going to go from working primarily with photographers who are creative entrepreneurs, and I'm going to shift into working with all kinds of creative entrepreneurs. So that's what I thought my shift was going to be, which ended up not being it at all. But that was, that was the inclination. Okay. Okay. So you, you have this idea. Did you just shut the doors to that, the business or did you just tell us what, what, how did you, how did you make the shift and how did you trust that shift? So I don't do anything the normal simple way (laughs) um, ever. So what did I do? Well, I went to my husband who, by the way, I will say I obviously bought him that laptop back. We joke that we're literally like an Apple store at this point. There's like two of everything here that, you know, Apple has ever created. Um, But I went to him again and I said, what do you think about traveling? Like going and traveling um, the world. And, you know, so we looked at it and we thought about what that would mean. And, um, and we knew we could because, um, my, my company is all, can be all virtual. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we decided we would take our kids and we would pull them out of school and we would go 
travel the world for a year. And honestly, in my heart, I was obviously excited to have these incredible experiences with our family and super terrified about even doing such a crazy thing. But simultaneously, I was hoping that there was going to be some sort of like eat, pray, love moment throughout this journey (laughs) where I was going to know what my new calling was. And like, you know, the path was just going to be laid out and I'd be like, oh, that's what it was. So I was hoping that I was going to have this like, you know, amazing memories and opportunities to experience this with our kids and with my husband and simultaneously suddenly know what I was meant to do next. (laughs) Yeah. And how old were your kids at that point? They were eight, 10 and 11. So we, we kind of looked at, at, you know, the timing and said, if we ever were going to do something like this, this would be the time they're old enough. They'll remember they're young enough that they're not so entrenched in social activities and friends and whatnot that, you know, we can't convince them to, um, to walk away for, for a time. And, um, and we thought, okay, let's just go for it. We actually had never even really traveled internationally before we did this. So it wasn't oh even gosh. like, oh, cause yeah, we weren't even like jet setter travelers who would like, you know, <laughs> oh yeah. Cause we're used to this stuff. No, we, our extent of, of international exposure was getting off of a cruise ship, like for port, you know, for a few hours and then getting back on. And of okay. course it's all, you know, scheduled excursions. I mean, it's, right. it's not even the same thing. So that was our extent of travel experience before we decided to do this. So where did you even begin when you, you, you come up with this idea? Okay, we're going to go travel. You convince your husband, this is a great idea. Start, yep. You convince your kids, this is, this yep. is a great idea. <laughs> where did you go from there? What was the, what was the planning process for that? So neither, okay, this is kind of funny, but I, I don't believe in over planning. Mm-hmm. I think that when we overplan, we stop ourselves, right? right because right. The, the more we overplan, the more we start seeing what could go wrong. So we, it, it wasn't a massive extensive amount of planning. I mean, the main things we were like, okay, step one, we need to get the kids passports. Um, so, and then it was like, step two, where should we start? We didn't, we had a rough idea of what countries we were thinking about going to, many of which we never actually did go to. We completely changed. Um, but we kind of said, okay, we'd like to go to these ones. We want to spend about a month to six weeks in each country. We um, decided that we thought it would be great to have different experiences so that, you know, we would kind of choose, maybe we wanted a, uh, a rural experience. So for example, when we were in Ireland, we were in this little farmhouse. We were, you know, our neighbors were, were cows and goats and sheep and (laughs) no people. They're not, there weren't, there's not even house numbers on these houses because there's just so few and we were so rural. So, but then when we were in um, Japan, we wanted the kids to experience the city and we wanted to be in Tokyo. And then we actually extended that one and stayed in a few places. But so we kind of chose like, what kind of experiences would we want our, our kids to have and, and to be able to experience? So we sort of thought about some things like that, um, made sure we got, you know, all of the vaccinations and everything we would need. And then we were like, okay, now it's just to figure out what to do with our stuff. So um, our original thought was that we would just rent our house for a year, put our stuff in storage at the last minute, we really felt like, you know what? No, we feel like we're supposed to sell. We couldn't really explain that. That didn't make sense to us, um, like from a financial standpoint, but we went ahead with it and just followed our gut and um, those promptings we felt like we had, and, and it ended up being a good thing. And um, 
we just kind of went one step at a time. Very good. Very good. And so this one step, and I, and I think that's good because I think so often you're so right. If somebody really overplans that, you, you could just stop and pause. But there was still had to be this point where you just had this 20 seconds of insane courage to take a leap, like how, how you were going to say yes to this, right? Do you recall when you're like that moment when you say, yes, we're going to do this? Yes, I would say, I would say it was literally the moment when we bought the tickets. Like it was like, oh my gosh, are we really going to do this? Are we, are we, you know, and we're going back and forth with each other. Like, could we, and we'd already kind of done some rough numbers. We, um, back then we lived in Seattle and Seattle is a crazy expensive area to live. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things that we were looking at is, um, our budget for living in, in the Seattle area (laughs) that can cover us traveling. And, and it's not even spending more. We, we would spend the same. So right. kind of looking at, you know, we'd already looked at some of the stuff like that, but you're still thinking, oh, do we really do this? And we had family who was like, uh, no, no, you don't. This is not safe or smart, sure right? Like, you all, right. The, right? All the people who want to give opinions. So I really feel like it was like this moment, you know, where we've got the plane tickets in the cart and we're like, do we do this? And then it's like, we're still asking each other and it's just like, just do it. And we just, there it is. Okay, we have the tickets. And that was the moment. And, that, and then you started your journey. So as you stepped into that journey, how many countries did you end up being in? Eight. Eight. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you were in Ireland and Japan and where else? Yep. And Hong Kong and Bali and Australia, England, Scotland. Oh, what am I forgetting? Yeah, we, and, and even some of those decisions, we, um, so for example, we were in Ireland and we did not know where we were going to go next. I mean, we could not decide. We were playing with all kinds of ideas um, and, and trying to figure out where to go and also trying to be uh, smart with what was happening in the world and if there were places that weren't necessarily safe um, and, and adjusting according to that. So there was a lot of a lot of ebb and flow, like a lot of just, okay, we're just going to let things happen. But Ireland, we had been there for a month and we still did not know where we were going next. I mean, it was like, it was, it was like, we have got to decide. And we would just look and be like, okay, where are we going to go? And it was like, we found this great deal on flights to Japan. And we were like, okay, I guess we're going there. And I mean, we had never even Japan and Hong Kong, those weren't even places we were, um, that were on our list at the beginning. And we just went with it. And then it was like, okay, off we go. And there was actually several times that that happened where we just sort of, what's the cheapest flight to the next country? All right, I guess that's where we'll go. (laughs) And do you feel like, I mean, looking back at it now, do you feel like you were perhaps guided to the different places that you went? Um, was there meaning in being these different locations for you? Oh, absolutely. There, the lessons that we got to take away, it's, I wish, I wish I, I had a way to express just how much we walked away with. I mean, just the gifts of the people in each of these countries that we got to learn from and experience their culture and their kindness. And it was absolutely amazing. And each country seemed to build on, on the next where we just truly walked away wanting to be better human beings and being so inspired um, 
for example, so I'll give an example in Japan, we would get lost and uh, which that happened everywhere. And, and actually I'll, I'll tell you about two different countries. So we frequently got lost um, as you're trying to navigate, you know, how to use you're going from plane to train to bus to, right? I mean, there's uh, often multiple different um, ways of navigation you're trying to use to get to your location. So when we were in Scotland, we were going to this adorable little town called Peebles. We had already taken the plane and the train, and now we were on the bus, and some people on the bus see us with an insane amount of luggage, and um, they're like, where are you going? And, and we tell them we're going to Peebles, and, and this, this gentleman gets off the bus with us, picks up my suitcase for me, and says, come on, I'll, I'll get you there. And he just starts taking us all through town until he gets us to where we're supposed to be. And we had the same thing, or a similar thing happen when we were in Japan. We were lost in a train station. We couldn't, uh, obviously, we, you know, we couldn't speak the language. We couldn't figure out which train we were supposed to be going to. And this woman sees us and can tell we're confused. And she walks over and, you know, kind of um, gestures if she can look at the ticket, looks at it, nods to show us she knows what she's doing and kind of motions. And she brought us all the way through this train station. We couldn't have been any further. I mean, we were the opposite end. And she brought us all the way until she got us on our train and then just waved and walked away. I mean, these kind of gestures happen mm. to us all over the world. And that was such a lesson for us of, of the kind of people we want to be, you know, and teaching our kids the kind of people we want them to be and that they right. can be. And so, yeah, so those, those kind of things were, were really the greatest gifts that came from, from our experiences. And, and I love those. And I, and I think of some of my, tra my travels around the world and it's, it, it gives you a glimpse into humanity. And especially when you take, when you can take um, the language you know, so often when you're traveling, there's language barriers there, but you can yeah. find ways to communi communicate and connect and support and, and help somebody um, despite the language barriers. And it, that's always amazed me. I mean, I have some amazing stories myself, just being in different places where, you know, we didn't speak the same language, but we were able to to really connect in a, on a human level. And that's so beautiful. Yes, yes. In fact, we, so each Sunday we would go to church um, and, and our church is, is worldwide. So we would find a, a building and go and it got to the point where I stopped buying dinner for us to eat on Sundays because we would get invited to someone's home every single Sunday night. And we don't even like, we, we choose not to spend money on Sundays. So had that not happened, like we were going to be hungry that night, but it became so reliable that someone was going to invite us over. I mean, it was just, yeah, the generosity of people is incredible. So mm, it was so amazing. Cool. So cool. And so did you continue to work your business through that time or did you actually pause your business? The intention was to work my business. I can work anywhere. And I did do, so I, I taught a mastermind retreat while we were in London and I would do some, um, some trainings. It would be hilarious. I'd be outside of some McDonald's parking lot in who knows what country, because that was always the very best Wi-Fi. And so I would, uh, just, you know, be on the laptop in the rental car while my husband and the kids were sitting inside the McDonald's waiting for me. And, um, so I would do some, but I did much less than I was anticipating mm -hmm. because, you know, you're having this, this 
experience that you're like, I don't want right. to miss it while you're all exactly. out. So it was definitely a lot less than in my mind I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, good for you for, for actually trusting in that and making that decision to actually be really present through it all. Thank you. Yeah. And where, so what did you discover? I mean, I know you talk about the eat, pray, love theory. Did that come through for you? <laughs> so not nearly as quickly as I wanted to. <laughs> there wasn't like, like this big shooting star that told you exactly what you were supposed to be doing. No. So, yeah. so our very last country was Bali mm-hmm. and we were, we were in Bali and then we were going to be going home and we were going to get home just in time for Christmas. Our kids really wanted to be home with family for Christmas. So we would be coming in, you know, just the, the week of, um, and, and I still really hadn't had this moment and I was starting to panic. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> where was my moment? What did I do wrong? And, um, I was, I was, in in Bali, in in I'm I'm in the in the bath and and I'm sitting there and I'm like really kind of having a moment of like panic. This right. you know my eat pray love moment did not happen. I don't know what I'm doing um, and what I'm supposed to be shifting into. I'm going to be home. Things are going to go back to normal and I don't even know what normal is supposed to be. Right. And um and I had this this question come into my mind, which was if you stripped it all away, what is the most important thing you will ever do? And instantly I knew motherhood, like it was instant. It was resolute without any question, motherhood. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, and and I got emotional. Like I I, I started to cry because Mm -hmm. one of the things about being a business owner is we're constantly trying to figure out how we juggle it all. Like the, the struggle to juggle is real. And, you know, sometimes we're getting it right and sometimes we're not. And, and in my early years, I had years where I was not getting it right. I mean, to the extent that I was working all through the night to try to get everything done. And then I would be with the kids when they were real little and not even in school yet. And, um, and I stopped sleeping. I thought I had worked the system. I would go three days with only about two hours of sleep a night. And then I would go one day with like four to six hours. Right. And I thought, Oh, look at me. Like oh, I'm, I'm a fool. Yes, oh, yeah, exactly. Fools who need sleep. Um, <laughs> right up until I blacked out one day at the zoo, had a seizure, was taken off by ambulance. My kids being left at the zoo. I mean, it was oh my super gosh. traumatic for everybody. And that was like, everything must change. So, I mean, I've had those times where I was doing it all wrong. And I, I totally understand what that feels like and the guilt and the shame that comes with that. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that, you know, in, we can, we will never regret the time that we invest into our families, right. but we can definitely regret the success we've accumulated when the cost turns out to have been too high. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so I had this moment of like motherhood. And so I just, I just sort of stayed with that. And I said, okay, if, if, if that's what I'm supposed to focus on, I'm going to trust. And I'll be honest, I was terrified because last I checked, motherhood does not come with a paycheck. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was like, "Ah, okay, I'm just going to trust this. And and just, just kind of wait. So we got home and actually for months, I, um, you know, was just trying to trust this and I'm going to be honest, not very well. Like it was not like I was like, you know, doing this in any Zen format. 
Um, Was it starting to be a panic moment? Like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yes. So I I ended up selling my course that I had designed Mm -hmm. after getting home and licensing it out because I knew I was supposed to stop doing that. Like that much I knew. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going back to it if it's there. So I am going to truly let go. So I licensed it out and sold the rights to teach um, the content that I had created. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this moment of just pure panic where, so, so in the business world, I'm Leah Remelay, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how everyone in the business world knows me. But Remelay is actually my middle name. Um, and I started with Leah Remelay because I thought it sounded more artistic when I was starting a photography business. But my, my last name is Stimmel. So in, in like our, our normal day-to-day life, you know, at my kid's school, at church, at, in our community, I'm Leah Stimmel. And I remember having this moment where I just like, I was alone in the house. Um, I was actually up in our, at our cabin and I like, like, like crumpled to the floor and just leaning against the kitchen cabinets and bawling and just asking myself, if I'm not Leah Remelay, who am I? And feeling like, you know, so much of my confidence and my identity was built in this, this business version of me. And Mm -hmm. now I was selling it and I was letting it go. And And who was I going to be? Was I just, and I remember thinking, am I just Leah again? And, um, and so there was a lot to work through and to figure out and to understand, like, how can I be okay with being Leah and and being, being okay with that? And, um, and so it took months of just really trying to work through that and be okay with that. And in this process, we had homeschooled our kids, obviously, while we were traveling, because you Mm -hmm. cannot get to parent pickup when you are, you know, not right. in the country. Right. Um, and then we, when we came home, we bought this cabin, um, which is its own crazy story, but we bought this cabin and decided we would go fix it up. Um, as a family together, we, you know, didn't have to, my husband didn't have to go straight back to work. And so we were like, you know what, let's, let's fix up this cabin and teach the kids, you know, to how to do something really hard and accomplish this together. So we, um, we were fixing up that cabin. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll homeschool one more year while we figure out where we're going to end up. And when we decided to do that, I knew I was going to teach them a business class because I'm like, that is the one thing I know I'm good at teaching. Like, I don't know how well the rest is going to go, but I can teach business. Right. So, um, so I decided, okay, you each get to pick whatever business idea you want. And I'm going to teach you how to build this through. And I built this little curriculum for us. And as we started going through it, I realized there has got to be other parents who would love their kids to learn totally, these skills, totally. right? Because I was yes. thinking like, I'm, I want to infuse success principles. Like I want to teach them creativity and ingenuity and grit and tenacity and, and generosity and, you know, and like teach it all through business. And, um, and so it, so what, what, home. what businesses did that your kids build? Okay, so um, Payson, our youngest, started a drone photography business. So cool. he, yep, so he would do drone pictures for small businesses or for realtors for, cool. for listings, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Adeline, our oldest, started a babysitting business. So she wanted, she was doing real good with her babysitting and wanted to, to build that out as a business. And we really worked on experience and um, how you can stand out. Right. And how you can, I mean, it's pretty hilarious. There will be bidding wars over who gets her on a Friday night. Um, (laughs) And then our, our middle Gabriella, she, she loves to sew and she um, loved to make these little wristlet 
purses. And she came up with the idea of making them for little girls and then making miniature ones for their American Girl dolls. So they'd have matching purses. Mm -hmm. And she built an Etsy business. So she has a little Etsy business where she sells these little wristlets and some scrunchies and some earrings and all these different things that she hand makes. And what I love about this is, is it gives them the ability to know that they can go create something, create a business at any point in their life because you've given, given them that experience so early on in their life. That you like, you nailed it. That was exactly what I was thinking. I wanted my kids to, to have self-reliance and to have this faith that come what may, they would be able to figure something out, you know, and just, just starting businesses and having different businesses. I feel like I know I can take care of us. I mean, even if I had to go and whatever I might need to do, if I needed to put on some gloves and go start cleaning toilets, I could do it and I could make money and make sure that there was food on our table. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I wanted them to have that same just confidence that like you can take care of yourself. So yeah, that was, that was one of the huge thoughts in my mind when I wanted to teach them these skills. So you're doing this at home with your kids over this, the second year. And Mm -hmm. where does the idea come from? The idea, the seeds for the, for, for your, the work that you do today. So it was, it was in doing it with them, seeing their confidence. I mean, it is, we all want to feel like we're empowered, right? It's horrible when you feel like other people dictate and control your, your, your possibilities, your future. And so seeing them, you know, they want something, they could go earn it for themselves and just their little confidence, just beaming. And I, I honestly didn't, didn't expect that. I, I, that. I feel kind of embarrassed to admit that I should have seen it coming, but I didn't like, I, I thought it would be, it would teach them self-reliance and I wanted to teach them these success principles, but I didn't really grasp how much it would grow their confidence. Mm. And as I was seeing all this, I just was like, this has got to be shared. I need to, I need to, to, um, to create something where other kids can do this and parents can have the kind of conversations that I'm getting to have with my kids where I'm kind of, they do their businesses on their own. I don't do a lot of it. I think it's part of teaching, um, that resilience and, and that, that confidence is them figuring out these things on their own. So I I give them the framework, but then they're doing it right. And so I thought, well, I could do this for other parents and then they could be masterminding with their kids and teaching their kids. So I created the CEO kid and um, built this online course where kids could take any idea from a lemonade stand to the drone photography business to a t-shirt, whatever, you know, and as many as they want and, and run it through these little short videos that go with worksheets that teach them each part of how to think like an entrepreneur. And that way, you know, even when they have their first job, they're going to be so much more of an asset to that business owner because they understand how, how a CEO thinks, how a business owner thinks, what, what matters to them, what they worry about, you know, all those different components of, of business. Oh, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. And so what is the ideal age for, for kids to, to be doing this, your programs? Yeah. Yeah. So the CEO kid right now, I would say is between ages nine and 14. We do have younger, but ultimately if the parents, like this is not for parents to have to go have a part-time job, right? So the younger they are, the more, you know, if their reading skills aren't really strong, their math skills, then they're going to need a lot more handholding. The older they are, they won't need it at all. They can, I mean, they might need you to run them to the store or run them to, you know, deliver packages. But even that, I mean, now 
my, my daughter gets Etsy orders and she can go right online and set up the pickup for USPS to come pick up her packages right from the house. I mean, it's amazing. Mm, so, um, so cool. So yeah, like she really can have, full, I mean, just today she came up and said, Oh mom, I got a new scrunchie order today. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I won't even really know about it because she can, she is completely empowered to do it all herself. Right. So, um, I would say between nine and, and 14. And then next year, uh, one of our next phases will be to create the CEO teen, which will be just a little more advanced, a little more next level for teenagers specifically. But right now we have the CEO kid. Oh, that's awesome. It's so awesome. I love it so much. And so this has grown. Tell me about how your business has grown through this. Yeah. So I really wanted to take my time and really make sure I understood, um, you know, from a business perspective, we always want to be thinking about our brand perception, the brand stories that we're telling, making sure that we really are connecting with the customer the way we think we're going to and all those things. So I took it really slow um, for the first year and really was just like, okay, I want to get lots of feedback. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. Um, And so I only... I only launched it to my own list and, and I, cause I knew they'd, they'd forgive me if there were errors and mistakes and they've been with me. And, um, and then in the last year, it's been, um, in the last, yeah, less than a year, it's been, okay, it is fully ready. We created a box that goes, and that was a huge endeavor. I've never really worked to create a physical product from scratch. Mm-hmm. So we have this CEO kid box that comes with the workbook and a calculator and this confetti popper, which is my favorite thing. Um, because I totally believe in like celebrating success. And so it's for when they have their first customer or their first sale and they can blast off this confetti popper and celebrate <laughs> with their parents. And, um, created these, these boxes and those launched only, um, a couple of months ago, actually, like they're new. We're getting it into Amazon and we've started to see CEO kids coming in. I mean, we, from Germany and Ireland and Vietnam and I mean, multiple, the UK and lots of countries. So that's been really exciting. We have it in a classroom in Los Angeles now, which is really exciting. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been cool. really, really exciting. Well, it'd be a great holiday gift. So where, where could people listening, tuning in, go, go do this for their kids for the holiday? Uh, you know, I think so too. <laughs> they could go to the CEOkid.com. So just the CEOkid.com. And um, right now we are actually giving the boxes at no extra cost. So we are, that's our gift while we do this very first run of the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so our course before we launched the boxes was, was only $79 and we have not increased the price. So that's going to change in January. But um, for right now, we're just so excited about them and getting them out there that we decided we wanted to just um, just make it our gift. So, and then we also one of the things that I believe that we really try to teach to kids is this, this concept of generosity and gratitude. Um, and I believe those are such key principles for, for really living success, not just in business, but in our full lives of getting to feel joy. Right. And so we of course want to practice what we preach. Um, and so for every CEO kid box that we ship out, we also gift a CEO kid membership to a kiddo who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to be learning these oh, kind of success I love for this. 
So it's a Tom's yeah, so model, that, right? It's, it's, yes, exactly. It's one and then you guys, that's, that's a beautiful model that you're, that you've created for that. I love that. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So we get to, you know, for every one that someone buys, we gift one. And then we also make sure that where we are um, planting trees for the resources that we're using. So, you know, for every box that we send out, we are responsibly doing services for tree planting tenfold of what we actually use to create those boxes. So that's well, another fun thing we're doing. This is awesome. And so one of the episodes just a few weeks before this one airs um, was with um, a friend of mine, Tommy Wolf, who's really helping companies step into B Corp status. Um, are you looking at B Corp status? Is, is that an opportunity? It isn't what isn't Washington the state um, that has B Corp status? Um, you know, I think we, we will eventually right now we are, um, we're still just trying to navigate and figure out and thank goodness for, for experts who can help us with each of those things. Right. Like, you know, having your your CPAs and your accountants and all those things. And, um, well, it just seems like like you're already doing so many of the right things to set yourself up for that. So it'll be fun to watch as that evolves for you, if that's a fit for you. Um, yeah, and we've started looking into it and got excited about, um, you know, how we could how we could get to to get that certification. So mm-hmm. it's something I hope we'll get to do soon. Cool, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, what is the legacy that you hope to leave with all of this? Um, if I could give a a, a message, it would be to help to first go and boldly inspire people myself mm-hmm. and then help others boldly inspire because I think we create this, this beautiful um, ripple effect, right? Yeah, so, exactly. so for me, the legacy is I want to, I want to help create more happy families. That, mm-hmm. that means to me more than anything. Um, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a divorced home and, and, um, where, where happiness was maybe lacking a lot more than it should have been. And, and I have worked really hard to build this happy family and I haven't always done it right. Right. Like I already shared, I blacked out at the zoo because I thought I had, (laughs) I had like cracked the code. So, um, I have definitely, you know, this is, this is not because I'm perfect. It's because I'm imperfect and I believe imperfect people can still create beautiful, happy families. And I want to figure out how I can do that in any way possible. So I think that if we can raise um, leaders and raise successful, uh, a successful future that, that wants to be generous and give and, and see other people and, and, you know, what they're going through and all those things that we can really make a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And, you know, I just love the whole arc way of your story and trusting that, that, you know, when you got that point, that moment, when you said the most important thing is my family. And from that, from the, you know, the, the struggle that you went through, the real struggle that you went through after that point where you were like, Oh my gosh, it's like, what do I do with this? You found it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's a beautiful inspiration that, that you you've shared there where it's like, when you get that really solid clear clarity on a message of, you know, this is the most important thing to me. What do I do with this? Keep doing the work. And that's what you did. And that's, that's what, that's what unfolded with that. So it's so cool. 
Thank you. I do think, you know, often we have to be willing to let go mm-hmm. before we get to see what's next. And that yes. is so scary. It is. It is. Process. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, such a great story. The final question I always close with is what three pearls of wisdom can you leave with our audience today? Oh, okay. Let's see. No pressure, right? <laughs> um, okay. So the, the first would be um, focusing on the lessons learned and not the score earned. And I think that we need to do this with ourselves and with our kids, right? right like right. if we can focus on, on the lessons that we're learning um, and the, the journey, then we are going to get so much more out of it. And we're going to be so much better equipped for our future than if we are, are constantly focused on the score earned. Um, so that would be my first. Um, let's see. Um, my second would be, Doubt your doubts before you doubt your dreams. We, so many people stop short, right? Yes, like they yes. are just around the corner from so much amazing. And, and they, they allow fear to dictate their decisions instead of faith. Oh, so I love that, Leah. Doubt, oh, thanks. <laughs> so, so yeah, so doubt your doubts before you doubt your dreams. And then um, I think for my third one, I'm going to go with my very favorite quote which is by uh, Camilla E. Kimball. And she says, never suppress a generous thought. And I love that. I feel like if we lived by that, the world would be such a better place. Mm, That's beautiful. That's totally beautiful. Well, Leah, I am so glad we found each other. I'm not sure how we found each other, but it's, it's, I'm thrilled to be telling your story here. And um, I love the work that you're doing. And I know so many of my clients and my listeners are going to really love what you're doing. Can't wait to share the good work that you're putting out in the world for kids. Oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun and such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you ready to raise up your voice, your visibility, and your business? I invite you to visit me at CammieGelner.com to find out how you can make heartfelt connections to mindful strategies to ignite an abundant flow of cash and clients into your business. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.